good morning, everyone, or maybe good afternoon, maybe good evening, or maybe good night, whatever it is. Uh, we are together and we are going to proceed in our retreat. I think you can hear me properly, isn't it? Okay, thank you. Good. I don't know if you know or if you have realized that uh, the way we start anything is going to determine very much the outcome. How we do things is very much important. How we approach things also is very important. So with this in mind this morning, we are going to start with a kind of invitation, maybe to the qualities that we brought yesterday in our group. So we will invite the spirit of the Buddha, the consciousness to which he had access to, or just his qualities, just remind, just remember these things. We can also invite, actually it's always there, but we can invite ourselves to be in touch with nature, with the natural laws of the universe, and also to have the possibility to understand the teachings that are related to that. The Dhamma. Also, we can invite all of us to commune, to communicate, just to have that feeling of being together with our same purpose, with the same type of uh, interest that we have, in a way. The way we approach things is very important very determined for the outcome of it. So when we approach things with care, when we do something, when we are with someone, but also in regard to ourselves, to care a bit what we are doing, how we are doing it. So meditation also has the need to include this aspect of caring. That means we give a quality to the attention we pay to ourselves, to our posture, to our mind. Maybe the mind is a bit reluctant just to sit. Maybe the mind is happy just to be together. We care. Whatever is the situation, we are interested. We want to learn. And this is an aspect of love. 
So care and love can be used as an approach to life, towards ourselves, towards others, towards everything. So now just settle, just be there with yourself, maybe also with the awareness that you are also with other people. Maybe other people also in your house, in your surrounding. So you can care for that. You can be patient. You can accept. I think that uh, you will agree that when we want to understand something, we need to observe it very carefully. And the quality of the observation we have towards what we are looking at is very important. So the quality of mind that we have the possibility to develop is very important in regard to anything. Now we are going to investigate that topic of mindfulness, not, sorry, that uh, aspect or that concept of emptiness. So first, we need to settle, we need to have the mind clear, to have the mind balanced, to be together with ourselves, to have that type of unity that makes things uh, more easy to uh, proceed. So now for the next maybe 10 minutes or 15 minutes, we will sit together in silence. And uh, although we may have a lot of objects that can be a base, or that can be the anchor of our attention to stabilize our mind as a meditation subject. But since we are all different, we will have different interests. Nevertheless, I will suggest here something that is very common to all of us, and this is our body. This is our breathing. So just with that simple aspect of breathing, we settle the mind. We observe that breath. The 
incoming breath, the outgoing breath. That observation can be in regard to the whole breathing process. That means that whole organism of breathing, that whole body that gets the air in, the air out. This is a way to know the bread. This is a way to settle the mind on a very concrete, very obvious, we could say, object of attention, our bread. So the bread, your bread, wherever you feel it, wherever you experience it, wherever also you prefer to observe it, just care for that. Just settle your mind on that precise area in your body. It can be the whole posture. The whole body is breathing. So you are aware of your sitting posture, if you are sitting, and then breathing through the body. You could also observe that breath, or the manifestation of that breathing, in your abdomen, in the area below the diaphragm, the movement, when the air is getting in, when the air is going out. It's also possible to observe that breath, where it is entering the body. That means at the nostril, in that area, you can be aware the air coming in, the air going out. You can be conscious of the quality of the experience. You can be conscious, aware of the texture of the experience. When you breathe in, when you breathe out. So with care and interest, just observe that breath. If any thoughts that come in your mind disturb you to some extent, then you can look at them and ask them, well, do I need to think about that right now? And if not, put them aside and you may deal with them later on. Now, here, sitting, breathing, in, 
out, we are aware. We settle in the moment.
And now I'm going to continue suggesting a few words, maybe giving some explanations about our practice, but the intention is to experience what these words can convey to us. So you can listen to them, but most importantly, you can continue your meditation. If your eyes are closed, you don't need to open them. You can open if you wish. It doesn't matter. So we are speaking about emptiness, sunyata. This can refer to an absence of something, a void in relation to something else. In this sense, emptiness is relative. To touch Aspects of emptiness, of void. The practice of meditation is very helpful, helpful, if not completely necessary. And the approaches that the meditation is giving to us is maybe classified by way of samatha, tranquility, or by way of vipassana, insight. But what we learn is actually our perception. We learn about our perceptions. Our perceptions, how we look at things, influence the way we experience them. So perceptions also are conditioned. So in regard to voidness, there is that aspect of perceptions that you may have noticed now, have changed a little bit. So maybe one hour ago you were in the kitchen, now you're in your room, very quiet. Maybe a few minutes ago, you were distracted by something. You are worried about something. Now you are settled in your breath, in your body. So it is void of what is not there. What is there is still there, but there is a voidness of something else. The text sometimes suggests us to see that, for example, if we are in a forest or a lonely place, then we don't perceive people. We don't perceive 
uh, the distractions that is coming together with a village or with a busy area. There is just the perception of forest. So the mind becomes very quiet. It has emptied itself of something that might have been a distraction. So emptiness is helping us to be aware of facts. So now, what is present, we know, we are aware of it. So the present is void of what is not there. But it is full of what is there. So that type of uh, relative emptiness that we see in the practice of samatha can concern for sure our perceptions, the perceptions of objects. And then the objects also that are used to uh, calm and steady the mind are various. The breath is one of them. The body in general also is one of them. Sometimes also artificial device or a kind of uh, imaginary tool that uh, we use to strengthen a specific perception is used, like you can concentrate or just be with the perception of earth. So you are the earth, and then you focus on the earth. And then actually, that perception of earth becomes the focus of your attention. When you are with that perception, with that single object, then everything else is not there. The only thing that is present in your mind is the perception of hurt. That perception, of course, can be extended. Hurt is huge. So the consciousness that is aware of it can also have that vastness. So in this way, various objects are subject are, are, are suggested to us to focus our attention on, to stabilize our mind in that. You can do that with water or anything else, you are just aware of that. But technically, you know, the Buddhist system also has uh, various other uh, more refined objects of uh, tranquilizing the mind. And we also have objects that are not really material, like you can concentrate on space. So you are just aware of space. And then you focus on that space. And then, of course, when you're in space, like the astronaut, then the perception of Earth is not there anymore. 
You can also be aware of the infinity of consciousness that is looking at that space, etc. There are various tools and methods that can help us to have a touch with that relative voidness. These few days are not days in which we are going to deepen or really practice these type of exercises or these types actually of perception. We are just to use them in very general to the extent that they, they help us put our perception a little bit together and also that will help us to know actually what we are looking at, the object of our attention is something that will help us to stabilize our mind and from there, there is the absence of anything else. This is Samatha. The field of Vipassana is a little bit different. That means insight will help us to dwell or to delve in the object and to see that the object itself is empty. But empty of what? Empty mostly of the concepts that we impose on that reality. The concepts, for example, we have about our body. So the person somehow brings the mind in a mode of deconstructing reality, in a mode of analyzing parts in their specific areas of functioning. And then when we see the parts of a whole, then it's very different. The concept of the whole breaks apart. So the objects are going to be looked at differently, perceived differently. Eventually, that aspect of sunyata, of emptiness, will bring us to perceive reality just as a field of energy. When we deconstruct the experience, and everything becomes a field of energy. It doesn't matter. You don't need to experience that now. You don't need to have anticipation about these very esoteric explanations. Just be with your experience. Now, this is what I experience. And it is void of what is not there. I said that Vipassana helps us to understand the object that we are looking at. The objects can be physical, whatever we experience in our body. 
the objects also can look at the mind itself that is aware, the mind that is knowing. So the mind can become the object of our attention. And again, we perceive an aspect of voidness. The absence, actually, of substance. The absence of permanence. Of maybe satisfaction. Or essence. So this is all the development of emptiness can be developed. So in this morning, when you woke up, did you ask yourself the question that uh, Nikki suggested to us yesterday evening? The intention that when we wake up, we will perceive and notice this life, this world as a dream. So... Have you tried that? Did you try to see the difference with your dreaming state and your waking state? Is there a difference? So the idea of everything exists, nothing exists, we are in the middle. It exists and it doesn't exist. Really, the way we perceive things is very important. When this suggestion was given yesterday, I had, you know, uh, the connection with, uh, uh, you may have known, the, you know, the Chinese philosopher Chuangzu, and uh, he's reported to uh, have said at some point that one morning he woke up and then he dreamt that he was a butterfly. So then he thought, well, am I a Chuangzu who dreamt that was a butterfly? Or was I a butterfly that dreamt that is a Chuangzu? So again, something relative in our way of seeing things. Here, I would like to pursue the simile a little bit more. And uh, you don't need to follow that. But maybe we are a butterfly. So, can the butterfly ask himself or herself, no, no. Can the butterfly ask itself, 
well, am I a caterpillar or am I a butterfly? You know, butterflies comes from caterpillar. And uh, of course, it's a very amazing type of uh, miracle that we see in nature, the transformation of things. So that principle of nature was used to convey the principle of transformation. Isn't it amazing? A caterpillar that transforms itself into a butterfly. But here, an interesting aspect of it is that we might not have really been looking at what is happening between the two, the caterpillar and the butterfly. What is happening actually inside the cocoon? Inside the cocoon. Or maybe uh, since all butterflies or all caterpillars don't make cocoons, they still have the process of transformation that is coming out out what, what is called a crystallis. And uh, what happens, you know, like just a little bit of uh, uh, zoology or botany, I don't know. You may probably know more about that uh, than me. Nevertheless, what happens is that, uh, for example, the monarch butterfly, right, uh, is coming from a caterpillar. And then when the caterpillar sees that it's time uh, for her to, to change into a butterfly, finds a branch, settle on the branch. You see? Settle on the branch. So now you can settle in your seat, in your posture. The caterpillar settle on a branch and then remove somehow the skin, you know, like a snake that changes skins. And uh, once the skin is over, once the, the, the whole skin has been got rid of, what remains is a kind of hard shell, or, you know, the skin hardens a little bit, and you just have a shell hanging on the branch. But the marvelous thing that scientists has looked at is what is happening in that shell, and actually, it's really amazing. What is happening there is that you don't have a caterpillar anymore. You don't have a butterfly at all. And you just have, I don't know, cells and liquids, a lot of liquids. And what happens within that crystallis or chrysalis uh, is that uh, the liquid releases uh, enzymes and these enzymes rip apart and dissolves the cells and digest its muscles, system, and other organs. So enzymes just dissolve everything and what is left is just liquid and liquidity. Somehow, 
des livres de Kistre, de Kistrocher, like the breathing tubes and some also specialized cells called imaginal disc. And these discs actually wake up. And before the chrysalis stage, they were just kept dormant by a sense of uh, hormones in the caterpillar body. But when the transformation begins, these hormones take a nose dive. And given these dips, it is given the opportunity to what they do best. That means to become a butterfly. So, I will not go on with this explanation because I may make mistakes and uh, I would like to bring us to our practice. When we sit here, can we change our perception of ourselves? Can we change the perception of our body? Can we get rid of uh, that conceptual skin that we identify ourselves with? And then just be with the experience. Everybody? What is there? Muscles, bones, tissues, skin, Still concepts. Can we dissolve these concepts? Can we bring these perceptuals, enzymes in the game? So, let's say now, our experience speaks about texture of physical reality, a basic elemental experience of reality. So Buddhism, these old cosmologies or still some medicines, use elements to describe physical processes and also mental processes. And they are divided in many classes, but uh, basically for the body, they speak about the four elements, the earth element, the water element, the fire element, and the um, water element. Still, for many of us, these are just concepts, and if we are not able to relate them to reality, it's meaningless. So don't try to understand too much intellectually. Just try to become aware of what these descriptions are referring to, a way of experience. So now in your body, do you feel the weight of your shoulders? The weight of the whole body on the floor, maybe heaviness, maybe sometime that weight can be perceived as light. You feel very light. Experience it somewhere. Maybe the head is heavy. 
maybe your breakfast is causing a lot of heaviness down there. So the weight, the experience of the weight, the density actually of the body, the density also by way of harness. Clack your teeth like this. The harness of the teeth in the bones from the head through the whole body structure, your whole skeleton is just harness. So the opposite of hardness is softness. So maybe the skin, you can experience on your skin a kind of softness anywhere in your body, everywhere in your body. Maybe also there can be an experience of roughness or softness, whatever it is, that density, that experience of weight, that texture refers to the earth element. A kind of resistance. And we started with the bread. What is the bread? What? And how do we experience the bread? If you like to change your position, just make yourself comfortable. I forgot a little bit about time, but we will not delay too much. Don't worry. So change. Look at the body. Make yourself comfortable if you feel discomfort. So in the body, that experience of movement, huh? you are moving. So what is this movement there? It's the energy of the air element. So it's pushing. Because of the air element also, you're able to keep stable. Hmm? It's sustained, like if you inflate a tube of a tire, then it's kind of support the rest of the bicycle, if it's on a bicycle. So the air element is creating the movement and the resistance that is coming against it is the earth element. So movement is making the earth element moving. A physical experience. We didn't experience. Maybe you feel warm. Maybe you feel cold. Relative evaluation of temperature. The fire element. So maybe your breakfast is creating calories and generating heat. Maybe the temperature outside is bringing you a, ch a chill. You are experiencing temperature. So within that body, the temperature is there. This is the fire element. And the water element, scientists will say that this body is just 
a big bubble of water, maybe I think 70 or at least 70% of our body is constituted with water. So we are swimming there. The bones are swimming. Everything is swimming. And inside the bones, there is also swimming. So the water element relates to liquidity. Any aspect of liquid that we have there is the water element. For example, the saliva. Just be aware of the saliva in your mouth. So everywhere in the body we have that type of liquid. The blood there is also the water element. The urine, the liquid in the stomach, all water, water, water. So we are just a big bubble full of toast and bacon and oats, all of that within that body. The experience is beyond concept. So here, an entry of voidness by allowing ourselves to see reality in a different way. We look at our body without with putting away a little bit the concepts we have about it, and we allow ourselves to perceive by way of direct encounter, by way of physical elements. So already, this you know approach that we use in regard to the body gave us the possibility to settle the mind on an object, the body. But also, uh, this meditation on the four elements, which is actually uh, the basic, is also allowing us to know the objects in a different way. Also, we have the, the, the two advantages here. It's calming the mind, and also it allows the mind to see the things differently, especially about our body. So this morning, I suggest that uh, we continue, you know, our practice. You know, I have the bell here, but I think we don't need to ring a bell because I have spoken all the time and uh, you won't see the difference. So maybe the bell will be to uh, to say that we are silent, but actually we will uh, we'll still be uh, speaking. So uh, now this morning, what we are going to do, we continue with being in touch with that reality, with that physical experience, but also by being in touch with that physical experience, allowing ourselves to see it differently, changing our perceptions that we have in regard to this body. So before we move, huh? let's say now you just calm down, you know, very soon you will be able to move and then run all over the place. So before you move, maybe before, before you open your eyes, if they are closed, then just to look that the mind is also an element. Before you move, before you do anything, see the intention. 
see the intention that you had to open your eyes, be aware of the intention that you have to get up, be aware of the intention you have to change your posture, and then also do anything in your in in, in the day, you know, in the activities that you have, and. Uh, when you get up, just be aware of the intention. So again, here, we allow ourselves to uh, dissect or to, uh, to separate the component of, uh, of, uh, of the experience, the components of reality. And this is how we come again to a deeper aspect of voidness. I will not give uh, instructions very, very precisely with the example of a walking meditation or standing meditation, but the idea is there. Try to catch it. That means you are aware of, of the body. You are also aware of these elements when you are moving. You know, you can see the difference of uh, of these different the interactions of uh, of these elements when you lift, like if you are walking, when you lift your foot, and then when you go down and you touch the floor, all these characteristics are there. That means the weight of the the weight of the of the foot and then the hardness of the floor. And then from there you are aware of that quality throughout your body. When you move also the air, the movement that is being created, that is motivating the, the body to move, is there. And uh, the temperature also is there. And also the intention. So when you stand up, just be aware of the posture. Be also aware of your intention. And then when you are stand, when you are up, then be Aware that your intention, okay, now I will move, and then you go, you go somewhere, and then you see the intention you have by lifting the foot and then putting the foot down, and then just be aware of what is happening. Be aware of the texture, not only of uh, the physical experience, but also of the mental experience. My intention, together maybe with the feelings, how you feel. And uh, all of that. So uh, I think uh, I will be stopping here because we have enough material. May you be well. May you enjoy your practice this morning, however it shows up for you. However it shows up for you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.